I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and it's Rugula, not Rugula. And my name is Colin Drucker, and who brings a fucking baby to a shiva? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. Oh, yes. And I agree. Not that I'm the mayor of shivas, but like, ugh, leave the baby with a sitter. Oh, my God. Wait, what was I just watching where there was a baby? There was a baby crying. Oh, it's this one. It was probably Shiva Baby. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Honestly, it was. But I feel like there was a, no. I feel like there was one other movie where I was like, "Holy shit!" Like kids suck. Yeah, babies are hard, and I know they can't control it. What are your thoughts on like? Have you ever been stuck next to a baby on a plane, Colin? I probably have, and have, have you know? I, I took a. A teaspoon and excise that part of my brain so I never have to remember it. But it yeah. there it's one thing for there to be a baby on an American Airlines flight that, you know, you could say, Oh, what a terrible situation. There was no control over yes. this. But I have a very strong opinion about movies that feature a baby crying for a significant period of time or an alarm clock, or a phone ringing incessantly. Old movies do this. Yeah. People let the phone ring yes. eight or nine times before they answer. Yes. And I don't know. I I understand that sometimes part of the plot is, oh, the baby's crying. And sometimes part of the plot is, oh, my alarm's going off. I got to get up. You know, we're going to answer that phone. But, like, there is a certain point where you are abusing your platform as a movie to make me have to listen to a crying baby this long. You know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe I I mean for this movie specifically, I guess that was part of the goal. Like there were like the the music's really interesting in this movie. I actually really enjoyed it a lot. I found it really like weird and grating and like really added to the you know the main character's anxiety of just like being there and everything that was going on. I did like that. But like, with that being said, the baby was part of that. And I, I, I guess I'm, I'm always like on edge about loud noises. I just don't like loud noises. So when it's like, when everything was like kind of layered upon each other, it was, it was stressing me out. So mission accomplished, but also I didn't really love that. Right. Right. I think that that's the interesting kind of uh, tangled web of this movie, which for you, you know, Mavericks out there, today we are talking yes. about Shiva Baby, which I keep wanting to call Shiva Baby, so I apologize when that happens. <laughs> um, please welcome to stage, Shiva Baby. Um, you know, she'll be here Shiva. all week. Uh, but um, <laughs> it is what the sort of the challenge of Shiva Baby is that it's a you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. The whole point is to feel claustrophobic and to feel that there is just like so many yeah. people just, you know, at every angle. And 
you know, it's supposed to get to that point where she gets where you're just like, you'll lose your shit. And I appreciate that, you know, as a fan of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I appre- appreciate when a movie is doing that on purpose. But um, and, and, and I think, you know, in general, I wasn't I don't think that Shiva Baby abused its Shiva Baby. And I mean that in terms of like letting it cry through the movie, not like in a weird abuse way. Um, yes. I, I didn't feel that it was excessive is maybe a better way to put it. Uh, mm. But I, I do think that's a good place to start with Shiva Baby because it is um, it is a lot like being at a Shiva with a baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever done a, a Shiva? Have you been to one? What I mean, I they're longer than just a day, right? Isn't it like yeah? I mean, it's almost like a, a week, it's a or week. maybe not. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's like a week. I mean, I've never done because like my dad's side of the family is Jewish, and so but okay. I but, but with the Jewish faith, you are the children are raised by the mother's religion. So my mother is, as they say in this movie, a shiksa, you know, and so I was raised, you know, going to Catholic school. But I've been to some Hanukkahs and Seders and temple and um, at least one bar mitzvah. And I, I don't think maybe when I was very young, there Mm -hmm. were somebody died, but I don't have any like clear memories of, of spending the day at someone's house, just loading up on bagels, you know, at least for somebody's death. So um, yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a proper Shiva. Have you? Uh, I have not, actually, but I will say, I mean, it's, I'm like, it sounds like a blast. I didn't mean it for it to come out that way, but I, I think the thing I would be most excited about is the food. Like, I love the idea of having endless bagels, though. Like, I just, I wanted to see what was, what else was on that table. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm like, yeah. Show, show me the food. Like, what else do we got there? Oh, we got some locks. Yeah. Okay. Let's see Shiva menu. Some cream cheese. Yeah. 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 I feel like it would be some good eating but seven days that's that is um that's a long time for to spend with like family i guess you know yeah well i don't know if it's like seven days of standing around the house eating bagels like i don't i'm sure i'm not sure like the the detail i feel like you know they might this might be like the big day and then maybe you know people come and go throughout the week and you know i think you you cover the mirrors yeah it's like an open house yeah yeah Yeah. so there was another movie um i think it was called this is where i leave you yes i've heard of that yeah so it was a book first and i was working at barnes and noble at the time and it's a great cover and i will always buy a book if i hate that i hate that about myself because there's plenty of great books that just have like okay covers Mm -hmm. but i mean i will judge a book on its cover i guess is what i'm saying yeah I read it and I knew they were making into a move into a movie with like Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda, Adam Driver, Rose Byrne, Katherine Hahn, Connie Britton, Timothy Oliphant, Corey Stoll, Dax Shepard, Deborah Monk, Colin. Oh I mean, my God. I was like, this is an embarrassment of riches. And I, <laughs> this is so anticlimactic. I never saw it. Of course. I was going to say. <laughs> after all that. I wasn't even going to ask. That. So what did you think of it? Uh, and yeah. Jane Fonda. Yeah. I mean. Uh, so she, yeah, she's the mom and it's the same deal. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. I'm, I remember that book coming out. I remember hearing yes. that it was great. And then, and then I, yeah, it, that, I've never seen the movie either. But for some reason in my mind, maybe a little bird whispered in my ear while I was sleeping. The movie's not that good. But I, I, that's just one bird's opinion. Yeah, because I think I think that's exactly the situation. It's like, I hate to be that 
guy that says like, well, if I haven't heard about it, then it's probably not great. But sometimes that is true. And sometimes it's like this in between of it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And sometimes that's like worse. You know what I mean? It's like, uh-huh. this is fine. And I do remember there's only one scene I saw and it was of Tina Fey talking to Jason Bateman. They were sitting on the roof. They play they play siblings. And Tina Fey has to cry. And it was so bad. It was so bad. Mm. I like couldn't. I think maybe. It really like scarred me a little bit. Maybe I about, like, did see this because now that's starting to sound familiar. Like just yeah, yeah. bad. I mean, that's such a genre of like bad funeral luncheon movies, you know? Like, sure. I, I feel like I've seen another movie like this and it's not Death at a Funeral, which is, you know, they, there's an original and then there's a remake and a big subplot is about a guy on the roof the whole time. So it's not what I'm thinking of. But I feel like okay. either I'm thinking of this is where I leave you or I'm thinking of another movie like this where it's adult siblings in funeral garb sitting inappropriately on like a garage roof, you know, having a moment yes. on a gray day, yes. you know. Yeah, and one of them smokes a joint in the backyard, Ugh. and they're like, you smoke too? It's one of those things. Ugh. But on paper, like, it feels like one of those tropes that, like, would work. You know, anytime there's, like, a wedding, a funeral, and, like, fu- you know, like, August Osage County is, like, great, and it does everything right, like, because they go for it. I think you just have to go for it. I guess. I just, yeah, there there is something, and I guess this is bringing us back to Shiva Baby, is that there is... There is certainly a genre of, you know, there's wedding movies and there's funeral movies. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like Shiva Baby is the funeral movie version of Rachel getting married, you know? (gasps) Yes. And yeah, you know, it's like the same kind of claustrophobic feeling, the same problematic, you know, uh, central character and, you know, conflicts Mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of, you know, messy ensemble of characters and, you know, and, and. Nothing really gets resolved in the end, you know? Uh, Nobody gets punched in the face, but, you know, a vase breaks. So, you know, you get – something happens, you know? And – That's true. Yeah. And there's a great raspy-voiced mom role in both movies. Oh, yes. Yes. So, you know, and and I I would say that, you know, as we are the best supporting podcast, you know, the lens – I mean, I didn't – I had not – I didn't know what I was getting into in terms of who the BSA was. My my inkling was that it was Polly Draper. And oh, she was, you know, she and Tova Feldsha on a on a porch, you know, swing would just be delightful. Oh yeah. I was hooked. Like I just it's she's like she's a mother that says, How do I look? Like mm-hmm. way too much. And I love that. I love that was like one of her first lines. She's like, Tell me truthfully how I look oh, like yeah. the pause. Like I loved everything about her. I loved her glasses. I loved how often she was on screen. I love that she had a moment at the end with Danielle. Like I just love a Jewish mom. I love, yeah. and like, I think she like really got to be like, I don't, I don't want to say ring the rag out, but like she got to check a lot of boxes, which is cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that she got to be there, you know, and she got to kind of have, the moments that you look for in the BSA. She got to have, I mean, I think in a movie like this, it's all about, you know, having a moment alone with somebody in the other room, you know, that inevitably gets interrupted. And so there's the tension of like, how long are you going to have that moment? And, 
you know, yes. and then ultimately kind of getting a climactic moment with Danielle in front of everybody, you know, as she says, you know, looky lose. Um, you know, I, oh, I, I, I love that. I died. I mean, like, what a bunch of looky, bunch of looky lose, yeah. you know, I mean, not for nothing, but like, uh, Really, how timely for us to meet this character because she is the most Jill Zarin of BSAs that we yes. have had on this podcast. I think subconsciously, I just had we I had to pick something that was Jill Zarin adjacent. Yes, yeah, Zarin adjacent. Shiva baby, Jill Zarin could have she could be Jackie Hoffman oh, in this, you know. Yes, and speaking of which, I'm sorry to say, you know, one of my biggest complaints: if you're gonna have Jackie Hoffman, you better. You better realize like what you got there. You know what I mean? I yeah. wanted to see a little bit more Jackie. I was a little surprised. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> because like, she's great. Yeah, I mean, so it's to say that Jackie Hoffman plays kind of like the nebbish older Jewish lady really doesn't narrow it down in Shiva Baby because yes, there's that's like true. five of them. And so Yes. Whereas normally you just get Jackie Hoffman and she plays all the roles. This one was like, oh, well, let's also have the Maureen character and let's have Catherine and let's have Sheila. You know, like, let's have a whole bunch of, of nosy ladies. And it was, yeah, I, I expected a little bit more Jackie Hoffman, but I did not know I was going to get such delicious Polly Draper. So it all, it all, yeah, it does it balance comes out, out in, the, in, the, in the wash. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, before we dive in, so Shiva yeah. Baby is a. It, it just came out last year. It was originally based on a short film, also written and directed by Emma Seligman, and uh, it's all about this girl Danielle who's in college, who uh, attending a shiva, which is you know kind of the the after party for a Jewish funeral. She runs into her sugar daddy. Uh, who is there with his wife and his, I guess, Shiva baby, the the baby in question. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of a, like, you know, um, almost real time of them all at the Shiva, and she runs into an old friend slash sort of ex-girlfriend, and, um, you know, the, the tensions with her parents and with the girlfriend and with everybody asking her about her life, and obviously the, the sugar daddy, and... Um, it all kind of just eventually melts down, you know, in in a, in a lovely way, and and yeah, within an, an hour and seventeen minutes. Yes, another plus. I will say, like I, um, when when I went to that, I think I said it on the podcast when I went to that John Waters talk about a month ago, or I don't even know when it was at this point too. That he said like no comedy should ever be over ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. Like if, if and and granted, this is a dark comedy too. So like I would allow. Even an hour forty-five, you know, if we if we got enough, if we got more Jackie Hoffman, then yes, uh, an sure. hour forty-five, sure, like, please. Um, but I I really um, and I'm assuming there like the pun is also like sugar baby, so it correct like is yes. that also like this? Yeah, so mm -hmm. and I was like, it's like one of those things that like almost works, but I get it. Like I thought of it and I got there. It just took me like a second, um, yeah. especially once you know the plot. It things you know obviously start to come together too. Um, there was part of me and, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. Um, I think that I wish there was maybe one other girl at the party. Like I wish Danielle's like sort of plot lines. It's like they packed a lot on top of her. Um, and I guess that's the point. So there's one side of the coin, but it's like her, her girl, her ex-girlfriend is there. She also runs into, um, her sugar daddy too. So that alone, those alone are two big things. And like, 
I feel like there's a little bit of like she's out but not out. You know what I mean? What do you think about that? Are you saying that the, there should have been another like character that she was interacting yeah, maybe, with? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, to finish my thought, like maybe there should have been one girl who was just a lesbian and that were gay or queer. And that was what she was dealing with. And then the other girl like had like, I just wanted more central characters, which I know is, is a weird thing to say. And I've never really thought about that with any other movie. But I was like, that'd be cool if they parsed it out a smidge. But maybe it's just some dumb thought that came into my head. I don't know. My sense is that like, <clears throat> it is all supposed to kind of be a piling on of like, yeah. Danielle's got so many. So she's, you know, she's, she's got these overbearing parents played by Fred Melamed yeah. and Polly Draper. And I love that her mother's name is Debbie. Um, uh, I love a Debbie. You know, and then she's, yeah, then she, meanwhile, and we see in the first scene, she's got this sugar daddy, Max, who she's been lying mm-hmm. to, saying she's in, like, business school, and he's helping support a young entrepreneur. And there's all of these factors kind of piling up on her. Because we, I think it, the idea is also that we, like, we always stay in her world. I feel like there's That's such, true. like, tight yeah. cinematography that, like, you never, you rarely see things from someone else's perspective. You know, it's, it almost reminds me of Rear Window in some ways, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I really did love Maya. Molly Gordon is her name. I thought there was something really just like, I don't know, magnetic. And uh, she doesn't play like an overbubbly character, but I, w- I was like so drawn to her. It was, it was like, she's kind of dry and kind of funny, but and really natural on screen. I thought. Yeah, my favorite part with her was when they were they were by the buffet table. So I was already excited. But Danielle and Max and Maya were all talking, and they were talking about you know Danielle and Maya went to the prom together, and then yes, um, Maya says yeah, and then she had her first orgasm, and then someone's mo- like trying to pass by behind them and she's like what it was a night to remember oh excuse me Mort like she just like yes, is yes, so yes. good it, she was I I thought she was so funny I mean like practically assistant to the BSA yeah yeah from the moment she walked in like you knew something you know obviously there's some sort of history there and just when she st- like I feel like um Danielle congratulated Maya on law school she's like yeah it only took you four fucking months to say that. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like doing it as she's like scooping potato salad on her plate or something. I'm like, ugh, I love you. You're, I want to see more of her. I was, yeah. I was really excited when she was on screen. And I love watching people act with food, not necessarily eating, but like, yes, you know, like a lick of the finger, lick of the yeah. finger. You know, I think of Meryl Streep in the hours with the eggs, you know, yes. Um, yes but in yes, this movie, yes. it's great. You get, a, you know, acting while scooping, you know, uh, love that. Oh, love that. Acting while scooping. I mean, watch out, Westons. I know, yeah. Scooping, scooping acting, eating. Yeah, yeah food yeah. acting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that category. Yeah, yes. food acting. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, uh, you know, I also really loved, I mean, in, in terms of supporting characters, have you ever seen the guy who played her father, Fred Melamed? Have you ever seen him in anything else? You know, I was looking him up and I I know that I have, but I was looking at his IMDb and nothing jumped out at me. So I don't know, but he looks familiar. Yeah, he's, I mean, uh, I listened to a podcast episode with him. Maybe it was Mark Marin because I remember like him talking about, you know, he was sort of a a late in his career, you know, later in life career. I think he was an announcer for a while and then he got a role in like a, a Coen Brothers movie and then that you know, things took off from there. 
I recognized him from, um, do you know the show Lady Dynamite that was on Netflix with Maria Bamford? Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. I don't know if I've ever watched, though. Oh, so funny. And he plays her um, her agent on that. He's so good. I would recommend that if you ever, you know, I know you've got a list nice. somewhere that you write things down I on. I know. Maybe you want to put that on there. Okay, okay. Um, Jotting that down. Yeah. And then Polly Draper, who is really the, the BSA in question, you know, first things first, Polly Draper, I I need to help you get a better IMDb picture. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's like Jane Kaczmarek's headshot. Yeah. Uh, like uh, her mugshot. Yes. And Jane. Yeah. It's 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 so strange. It's like if, it's like she's at a TED talk. Yeah. It's like if Jane Kaczmarek was a video game character, she'd be Polly yeah. Draper's IMDb picture. It's yes. terrible. And for anyone who, who doesn't, you know, have IMDb open in front of them. It's like, yeah, it's like she's doing a TED Talk. She's wearing a denim, you know, button-down shirt and a blazer and 1997 hair. And she's in front of something blue. And she's lit like, I don't... She's backlit. She's backlit. She's terribly backlit. It just, it really does look like, you know, on old movie posters, they'd have a little, like, headshot of each of the actors who's in the movie. And that's what it looks like. It's just terrible and she's she's a gorgeous lady she's very charming um but just garbage imdb picture i feel like we can make a whole episode out of that who are the top five worst and best like out of all the women Mm -hmm. we've talked about that would be a fun little uh little bonus episode i mean celia weston i believe she is there it is yeah yeah it's not great but it's like great in a bad way it's you great know what in a I mean? bad way yeah yeah i mean that's that'd be a really great game it's like maybe that's another subcategory yeah, yeah we're supporting imdb way. pictures yeah um yes so polly draper this is i feel like you know she there's there's actresses who i'm thinking of is is jane kaczmarek or mm-hmm. uh what's her name um who was in uh, Cynthia Stevenson, who was in Home for the Holidays, who plays the oh, yeah. sister, you know, or I think of there's this other actress, Mel Harris, who, you know, Polly Draper was in 30 something with. But there's these like there are these actresses who I I always think of as just like early 90s sitcom moms, you know, and even if they yes. weren't, I just feel like there is a, there is a certain brand of like. You know, throw Seal Award in there. I don't care. You know, of just what about? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna throw in um, the mom from Home Improvement, Jill. Yes, Patricia Richardson. Yes, yes. Oh my absolutely. god. We. Uh-huh. I feel like we could do an episode or two on Patricia Richardson. Oh, because of course. she's there's some great moments. Well, that episode where her father like died or something. Oh, oh. I didn't even know we were gonna get that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to say nothing, the fact what was she on Good Medicine. Remember Good Madison? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Oh, hold on. Well, now that we're on a Patricia Richardson That sounds tangent. like something Viv Maudlin would say. Oh. Do you remember Good Medicine? Do you remember Good I Madison? I love that show. I love that show. <laughs> Made me feel good. Okay, well, first of all, Patricia Richardson's IMDb picture is... Well, I need you to look at it, and then I need you to tell me what you think oh, of it. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. The, her description is whiskey-voiced Patricia Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, that's oh my exactly God. it. That's, oh, Patricia. She looks adorable. She got you know, she graying She looks so hair. adorable. Yes. So, yeah. I, strong medicine. Excuse me. Do you ever seen Strong Medicine? Oh, Strong Medicine. Strong Medicine. Strong Medicine, strong no. medicine was this... Um, it was a Lifetime show about doctors, and it featured... Well, let's see who was in it. I think Patricia Richardson was kind of the like 
the head doctor, you know, Dr. Andy Campbell. But oh, Jennifer Lewis was in it. Love Jennifer Lewis. Yeah, for 131 episodes. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. But TV, yeah, TV moms. I interrupted your thought. I, I, I derailed us. But no, you were just talking no. about that category of women. But yeah, I thought of Patricia. I had to throw it in there. Sorry. No, and it's perfect because that's I was. She popped into my head too because this is also like brunette TV moms. Because then yes. you want to go to blonde TV moms. That's a whole other. Now, I don't even know where to start with that one, but I think Carol Brady, right? Yeah. Like all the way down, Suzanne Summers, Suzanne and Summers. Uh huh. I feel like uh, oh, yeah. Faith Ford probably had a couple mom roles after sure. Murphy Brown. So, you know, it's it's a category. But Polly Draper is square in that category. Yes. Do you know anything about this lady other than that she was in Shiva Baby? No, I feel like I've never really even heard her name like ever before. So th- um, so I'm intrigued. Well, I mean, with the way I know her best, she's been in a bunch of stuff, and apparently she wrote the movie that or the TV show, The Naked Brothers Band, which is apparently a Nickelodeon show. But I'll tell you, I I don't think I saw that the on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I did not see that on Nickelodeon. I can I'm tell looking you that. at it right now. Yeah. That is wild. Oh, she was in Thirty Something. Thirty Something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her. Like, but I. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? No. That was one of those shows I just always assumed was not um, not my cup of soup. Yeah, I wonder what it's like similar to. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it actually, because I was surprised. Polly Draper was nominated for an Emmy for 30-something. She was like a lead. At, or no, I think she was a BSA. Um, I oh. actually have these stats written down oh, here. So she was nominated me. for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama. For thirty something in nineteen eighty seven, she lost to Patricia Wedig in thirty something. I mm-hmm. hope that's how you pronounce. That is how you pronounce um, it. Yeah. And then, um, as, oh wait, she lost to Patricia Wedig in thirty something. And then I wrote Estelle Getty won for the Golden Girls that year, which I thought was cute. Oh, <laughs> for the, that's for good. For actress in a comedy, mm-hmm. but she was. In, they were both nominated in. Um, yeah, so I feel like thirty something. You know, it's like it, it it has won Emmys before for it, acting. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. All right. It was a you know, it was a big show at the time. It was I mean, it was very popular. Yeah. I feel like it was, I mean, it was you know a, a, about you know what is it about like white people in their thirties? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, here it is. Seven thirty somethings living in Philadelphia struggle with everyday adult angst. I mean, you know, I'm intrigued. And like the, sure. the very late '80s, early '90s casting of Timothy Busfield. I mean, that's somebody who, <laughs> like, come 1993, he just he just disintegrated. He doesn't exist anymore. Timothy Busfield does not yeah. exist. You know, let's look him up. Let's see if he's still alive. Oh, he's still alive. Um, is he still working? Still alive. Oh, he was on The West Wing. He played Danny Concanon. Do you know that person? I don't know that person. No. Well, I guess he didn't disappear Sorry. in 1993 after all. I bite my tongue. <laughs> he was in the most popular show. Of the yeah. 90s. So The West Wing. Whoops. Who wasn't a guest on The West Wing? Yeah, right? He yeah. was He was in it for, uh, he was in 28 episodes. So let's not, you uh, know. Okay. Let's sneeze That's not at bad Timothy. At all. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 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 because I maybe eventually we'll we'll dig out an episode. Oh, this and now I'm kind of liking this idea. We find these one-off episodes, like when Jill's father dies on Home Improvement, or yeah. you know maybe you know the one. I think there's some good another 
another brunette mom is Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond. I feel like of course she's got some great episodes. We could do one of those. Um, I mean, dare I say? I mean, I could probably find one Patricia Heaton in the middle. Oh, I, <laughs> I know mean, you probably hate it, but no? I feel like I could find some. I, I totally support that. Ones. Maybe okay. Maybe okay. we have a, a Patricia Heaton episode. The Heaton's on. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Good heating in the heating of the night, yeah. <laughs> heating good in the neighborhood. I can't wait. That's what it is, yeah. I can't wait. Yes. All right. So, folks, yes. you heard it here first. Who heard it here first? We're gonna do a Patricia Heaton episode. Can't wait. Uh, well, you know, and I kind of love that idea though of like maybe we had a whole month of like TV moms having their episode. You know. Oh, yes. I like that. Yeah. I like that All a right. lot. So for folks listening, if you have and it's OK if she's not brunette, I understand. So like if it's Judith Light in Who's the Boss, that's fine. Oh, yes. That's OK. Maybe in Peg Bundy. You know? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, let us know who's maybe it's, you know, I've never watched it, but I am now a huge fan <clears throat> of Martha Plimpton. So if there's like a Raising Hope episode. Oh, yes, I, f- I feel like Raising Hope and Malcolm in the Middle, if we're going to go back to Jane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just watched a monologue on TikTok fr- uh, from Malcolm in the Middle, and it was, she's so good. She's so good in that show. But yeah, Martha, I feel like those two shows are like um, cousins, you know yeah, what I mean? I, I, I got to tell you, maybe we'll, we'll talk about this, but I think we are going to have a series of TV moms having very special episodes. Ugh. How yeah. exciting. I mean, we've already started doing that. We did the Marge episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. And we Peggy did the, Hill. The, and Peggy Hill and special with and the, Linda, like Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah, special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've been we've been doing it without even knowing. Without even knowing it. it. You know, in a yeah. way, uh, Aunt Jackie on the on Roseanne was sure. kind of filling that role. Yes. So, you know, we're no stranger to a mom. There's actually a category in the Westons called Best Supporting Mom. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, we might just make it a little bit more official. Yes. Ugh. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, now it makes me think, wouldn't that be fun if there was a podcast that was just all the, the requisite, the, pre- the prerequisite for every episode is that you're talking about a mom in a movie or a TV show. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. I'm trying to think of the title, but I don't know what I don't it know. is. The mom cast is the first thing I thought of. But yeah. That's just the not- mom pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and it's know. hosted by two gay men, but anyway, yeah, of course. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, Shiva Baby. So, Shiva Baby, we te- we talked about this a little bit before we recorded. I agree. I think it's a good movie. I think I wouldn't say that it's a Rachel getting married, you know? Sure. Um, but I, overall, I actually I really enjoyed the smallness of it. Like, you were kind of saying before, mm-hmm. you know, maybe before we started recording or whatever, like, you know, there's, yeah, what more do I want from this movie? I don't know. I don't think I really want anything more i love that yeah. it's all set in basically one house and you know one yes. afternoon and it's it does get very claustrophobic and it is a really kind of small story and there isn't really resolution and that fucking van i mean i just i love oh, the van I, yeah mm-hmm. i i loved and then you know and obviously the hour and 17 minutes includes credits so you get to like an hour and 10 minutes and it's like bada bing bada boom Movie's over. Yes. I, I agree with John Waters, and I raise him a, if you can get your movie under 80 minutes, that's incredible. And yeah. don't be afraid of a 67-minute movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Oh. 
I love that idea. This is um this is a total tangent, but I forgot, I, I meant to say this earlier. I was in a play in New Hampshire with one of the guys in Shiva Baby, one of the really? actors. Really? He's right next to Jackie Hoffman in the IMDb lineup. He plays Mourner number one. And uh-huh. His name is Richard Brundage. And I know he does TV. He was like this really interesting character that I did, the mousetrap in New Hampshire. Um, and, uh, he was in the cast and he was a lovely man, Mm -hmm. um, a little eccentric, a little quiet. Um, and we got like close enough, you know what I mean? I, I, we weren't best pals, but I know he did a lot of extra work. He would talk about it. Um, but not in one of those ways that like people talk about extra work, you know what I mean? Right. Like my, (laughs) I mean, I'm such a piece of shit, but like, Go I, on. I, there's, 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 I know there are a couple friends that I have that probably don't listen to the pod that do a lot of extra work. And they say, you know, the classic status is like, you might see someone familiar in this week's episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it's like, and it's them like in a 1950s dress, like blurred in the background. And I get it. Like, do it if if that's and it, it seems like an exciting kind of cool life. I don't know if you can make a living off of it, but being an extra is it's it's a slippery slope. Oh, you know, especially the lifers. You know, I, I I've never done extra work, but I can imagine. I have so many feelings on this. I <laughs> I, I I and and they are not contentious. I'm in full agreement with you. I think that. What I love is at, at, you're totally spot on. You know, you might spot somebody, and it's always fucking Mrs. Maisel. It's always a fucking marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And yeah. I love when it's like, you know, there might be a blurry shot from the episode, but I like that sometimes they'll also post a picture of them, like, you know, posing in their costume, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, and it's just like... Pointing to the marvelous, marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh-huh, sign on the door. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extras this way. And There's, exactly. like, a piece of paper. Yeah. Oh my god! I love extra life. That's like extra life. It's such a but there's you know ooh, subculture, I guess. Extra life and like, you know, it, it's a lot of making a meal out of scraps. People who, and I remember this even from high school, is if you have a very small role in something, like say there's okay, so say there's some musical. And there's a lot of townspeople, and you know, there's somebody who's just kind of like, you know, not a huge role. But there's one little scene where they, um, you know, they, they dance with someone for a few seconds or something. Sure. And when they talk yeah. about it, they say, oh, we get to have this like great little moment together. Oh my God. So she and I, just, we have this little, <laughs> this little thing that we get to do. Oh, I get to do some dancing. In this I love one. our little thing. I love our do, little yeah. thing. It's always when we do that, like hip check. We do that little thing. Uh, that. Yeah, of course. I love yes. it. So it's always this kind of glorification of this tiny, you know, oh my gosh, my, you know, uh, my there's my husband, you know, and it's just like nobody knows this relationship. Nobody cares, you know, yes. what your character's yes. relationship is, you know. But it's so. I mean, you you obviously see a ton of this in New York, um, because people come here, you know, trying to, you know, you, you get thousands of people trying to fill eight slots. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of desperation and a lot of like. It's one of the things I really struggle with in New York, and I I don't know if it's like this in other places, but I do know that it is like this in New York, is just the, like, the desperation for relevance. Like, 
when somebody was like, oh, I, I was reading this on, on Facebook. Uh, someone I know was was talking about something and, and someone responded, oh, yes, he's a friend. Like, okay, God yeah. forbid we didn't know that you were relevant, you know? And it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I had the pleasure of working with her once. Okay. Yeah. That's not interesting. Like, and, and so am I supposed to be wowed by that? Just because, like... It's that. You know what I mean? It's that proximity to fame thing. And I think I'm not saying all extras or, you know, bit players or whatever. It's are currency. Like this. Yeah. It's currency, it's like, though. Yeah. And if you're only making I, I a few get, pennies, like, yeah. you're adding them up all the time, you know? Sure. I, another like subculture that I love. And I, I feel like even if you've never been in an audition room, um, like a non equity open call audition room, like the horror the horror colin like it is there's so many different types of people too it's like the musical theater girl that like drops all of her sheet music when she sees her best gay walking through the door and they're like oh my god i didn't even know you were gonna be here you look so good like look at this dress oh my god what are you singing Uh, (laughs) i mean yeah stuff like that and i'm like in the corner at the the ripley greer yeah (laughs) There's a girl like straightening her hair in the corner. I mean, it's we all got to do it to survive, but it sucks that we have to be in one sp- in space like that for a long time together. It's it's a lot. It's such a minefield and it and like messes with you too because you see beautiful people walk in the room. Like these mm-hmm. men that I'm like, "Oh my god, I I didn't even know you could look that good." And like dark wash jeans and like a plain red t-shirt you know what i right. mean i was just like who are you yeah what is that yeah yeah i know i know I, well, like, I, what am i doing here yeah yeah so what do i do, <laughs> what do, I do here? i've never i mean i'm not an actor i've never auditioned for anything but when i um i you know wrote and produced a play in the fringe festival so i got to be sure on the other side of the table yeah nice to be on the other side of the table hey oh i hate that's something people say it's too. people yes. say it's like you know i've had a lot of experience on the other side of the table you know oh god it just makes me want to blow my brains out but i did have to kind of see it from that side of things and it you do. You feel like you. It's like I have five worms in my hand and two hundred baby birds waiting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, hard. It's I can hard. only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, it, it's. I feel like. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just. Yeah, it's awful, and I don't know why people do it. I just. I do not know. I. I and I don't even. I mean, that's a whole other tangent about. Like, I don't even think there's enough quality stuff on Broadway to be pursuing New York. I don't get it. It TikToks everywhere. I would rather just start your own gig at this point, girl, you know? Honestly, yeah. I was talking to my uh, voiceover coach last night. We're still working on my demo reel, by the way. It's going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but more, more on that later. But we were talking about New York and like how, like, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, br- you know, someone else started a Broadway? And, like, I don't know, <laughs> like, Chicago mm-hmm. or, like some other random like salt lake salt lake city or something like i just want it to be somewhere crazy and yeah to take away the power of back to the future the musical and mrs doubtfire the musical yeah. and print you know diana the musical and maybe th- i mean these are all I'm, it's such a hard thing to say because like of course i want people to work of course i want people's dreams to come true of being in a broadway show but like to your points like I don't know. Do I want to be in Tootsie? Maybe. Right? 
and, and maybe, maybe it's still Broadway though. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's kind of an outdated point of view of like, you know, Broadway's where it's at because I think when you say Chicago, I think of like, there, there is infinitely more interesting theater in Chicago from the Steppenwolf than there is from the Richard Rogers. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's yes. that sense of like, I don't, I, I feel like it's like, it probably is happening to an extent in so many cities, but it doesn't get the same reputation, the same recognition. I think at this point it's like, Oh my God, there's a new back to the future musical or, you know, and I saw Moulin Rouge, which won the Tony. And I was like, "Ugh, this is so stupid. Stupid. I, I, I think Broadway to me, we talk about this with the, with the Oscars and with awards and whatnot, that like, Mm -hmm. it's not a meritocracy, like who wins best picture does not mean it's the best movie that's out there. And I think there is no greater dissonance between what is considered the peak and the content than Broadway. Like Broadway is not where the best theater is happening in the United States hands down yeah. it's not where the best theater is yeah. happening in new york i mean it's just not I, like yeah if you want an easy spectacle if you want the fucking marvel universe then sure broadway might be for you but like i don't think for all those people who want to do serious work and you know hone their craft and all that i just i i think there's there is less prestige maybe in doing that theater in salt lake city but there's probably better opportunities and it's probably easier to put on better shows or more interesting shows because it's not so expensive you know yeah and i want like the artistic director and founder to be like karen olivo you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. i want her to like change the world because she walked away and she knows what she wants and you know how would she run a theater i want to like give her that money (laughs) if i had it right like just go just you you get it that's the other side of it is like I think for this fantasy is there'd have to be some a whole bunch of rich donors who were making this yeah because that's the shitty side of it it's like you know theater makes no fucking money it makes no money whether you're an actor or you're a writer or you're a producer like again I just it it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it makes me think about how in high school, you know, we always joke about this. You spend four months rehearsing for three nights of performing. <laughs> yes. You just think of all of the effort it takes to put on live theater and yet how little you can reap in return, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, which, which again, as much as I kind of rail against things like TikTok, I think, you know, I kind of love the fact that people can, you know, like that that woman, Caitlin Riley, you know, who now or and tons of other people who yeah. have created this platform where they get to do their bit, you know, and their and their stuff and probably are getting opportunities from that. I mean, I, I think I'd rather start a TikTok channel and build that up than go wait, you know to get you know 30 seconds in an audition room in you know uh ripper Greer's ripper ripper whatever it's called ripper i can't even say it ripley greer ripley greer like, yeah there we go you know they name it that way because it's so hard to even say it <laughs> get a, let alone get a let alone, let alone get an audition <laughs> i am happy you're like doing musical theater stuff you're like get pick a little talk a little, I'm thinking, a little. yeah pick a little talk a little have a stroke i'm thinking i'm gonna talk a little <laughs> So, <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, we have gotten so yeah. far off. But speaking of New York, I do want to say, so this movie was, I was wondering, like, where was this filmed? Like, what what is this location? Yeah. And it's, because I assumed, I could see a New York license plate. I assume Long Island, but it's actually 
This was filmed in Brooklyn in like one of my favorite neighborhoods. I used to live in walking distance of it was called it's called Ditmas Park. And okay. it looks the way it looks in the movie. It's lots of big houses and tree lined streets and like you wouldn't think you were in Brooklyn. And you're not even like far from the train. Like you can there's subway oh, lines that. that go to this neighborhood. And uh it's yeah, and so all of this the house was on Argyle Road. It's a beautiful part of Brooklyn and I was so happy to see it. And I don't know, I always like when things are filmed in New York, but not Manhattan, you know, when it's like, and maybe you see it like when we did Happiest Season, like seeing something filmed in Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do. I get that. It's it's nice. Yeah, because yeah. it still feels New York, but it's fresh a little bit. It's it's like I don't need to see the Empire State Building in this. Movie. Right, like, right. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, but I also like I. I don't want them to try to fake me out. You know, Nurse Jackie used to do this where like because she Jackie's character lived in Astoria and, you know, actually her character lived down the street from where I lived at one point. So uh, I was like, oh, my Ah. God, that's Jackie's house. I'm on the corner. (gasps) Different timeline. So Jackie wasn't there. You know, Uh, Jackie's also not real. And I am. So there's a lot of reasons why we did not live actually on the same street. (laughs) But I remember one time there was a scene where. You know, Jackie meets up with her friend somewhere in Astoria, and then they're, you know, do you want to go for a walk? Sure. And suddenly they're in the West Village. And I was like, excuse me. Excuse Mm, me. So. Yeah. um, So, yeah. You know, it's like, I know better. I know this. So uh, are there, speaking of of location, are there other, other than Happiest Season and other than A League of Their Own, are there other things filmed famously in Pittsburgh? I don't know because like I think we talked about it on our mayor mayor of Easttown episode too but like I would love if someone did an actual movie in Pittsburgh and like did it right with like the Pittsburgh dialect uh-huh. or like accent um I think it would be so fun um so that's what I'm hoping for someday but another movie um that I thought of is a movie I think it's called Wonderland it's not Wonderland it's a movie with Kristen Stewart and Michael Sarah. Let me see if I could. And it was actually filmed at Kennywood, which is where I worked for like, it's not called Wonderland. Adventureland. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I I never saw it, but I remember Adventureland. Sure. Yes. So, and I actually didn't see the movie. I should have, because that, that probably more than um, Happiest Season would have been cooler to see because I worked at that park for like three summers. So I like knew it inside and out. So And I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, this is so cool. So there's that. And I can't really think of anything else, even though there might be an obvious one that I'm forgetting. Well, I did some some Googling. Oh, you did? I did some Googling. um, Just in case. So uh, Fences. Sorry. Fences. Yes. Okay. Fences was set in Pittsburgh. Yes. So that's fun. Uh, Quoted famously in our theme song. Uh, yes. Flashdance is is apparently oh. set and filmed in Pittsburgh. So I don't know if you, if if yins are into you know dropping water on yourselves. Hey, I, I know where I'm at. Yes. Uh, there's a movie called <laughs> The Mysteries of Pittsburgh. I wonder if. Whoa. Let's see what that's about. Sounds scary. I'm not gonna do that. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> well, it's a recent college graduate experiences a defining summer by angering his gangster father and exploring love sexuality and the enig- and the enigmas of life in a big city the enigmas wow. of life in pittsburgh um and then there's a movie from 1994 called only you that uh mm. i know nothing about except that it's a romantic comedy from 1984 
with oh Bonnie Hunt in it. Oh, we should do oh, only Bonnie. you. Oh, I feel like <laughs> only, yeah. only you was kind of like the um I feel like it 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 kind of predates Under the Tuscan Sun. Uh in sure. terms of like let's see. Here's the description. A childhood incident has convinced Faith, played by Marissa Tomei, that her true love is a guy named Damon Bradley. So far, so good with the Under the Tuscan Sun. Has nothing to do with Under the Tuscan Sun. But she's yet to meet him. <laughs> Preparing to settle down and marry a foot doctor, she impulsively flies to Venice. All right, now we're getting to Italy, where it seems that she may be able to finally encounter the man of her dreams. But instead, she meets the charming Peter Wright. But she can, but can they fall in love if she still believes that she's intended to be with someone else? This doesn't sound like Pittsburgh to me, but I am excited by the idea that bonnie hunt's in it yeah bonnie hunt is like that is such a template for a lot of women that i love there's something really Same. magical about her and i what is it about bonnie i like i was very drawn to her as like a young uh-huh 10 like i i think my first memory or like what i remember her most for is jumanji i yeah. loved her in jumanji yeah i think she's great but i know she had like the bonnie hunt show and like Life she's obviously Bonnie. done, yeah, yeah, so many other things. Um, but yeah, what is it about Bonnie Hunt? I don't know. She's but She's a gay icon in a way. I think she is. I think she's a gay icon. I also think um, it's a travesty that we have we have not really talked about Bonnie Hunt on this podcast until I know. this episode. Like I know. I I kind of want to prioritize. Get. I mean, if we're gonna talk about. TV moms. Now, granted, she's not really the BSA. She's really the BA of of a of a life with Bonnie. But if we're going to talk about TV moms, Bonnie Hunt is a um, she's a staple. Yeah, she's a cornerstone, really, of yeah. that genre. I don't know. Okay, well, this how, is good. Yeah, I'm glad we got to Bonnie. Yeah, I think we're going to just have to, you know, maybe someone listening can help us. But I'd love to find maybe we maybe we just watch only you and see what happens. Or I remember she was in that movie Return to Me with um, oh, Minnie yeah. Driver where she gets the, the yes. guy's dead wife's heart. and uh, Yes. That was a cute movie. Bonnie Hunt wrote and directed that. that. And she co-starred Ugh. it. So maybe we'll do that. Bonnie. Yeah. That's one of those movies from like 2000 that I'm like, ugh. Movies from 2000. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. I mean, that's prime high school years for us, right? right? I think that's why yeah. it sits in my craw a certain way because it's like, sure, I was in high school, I was fifteen. Yeah, so much possibility. Yeah, and now look where I am. You know, um, <laughs> yikes. Anyway, um, well, listen, we have. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I loved Shiva Baby. I don't. I think the moment that I'd love to highlight if I were to if I were to stay on on topic is. Um, I I feel like there's a couple, you know, uh, what's her name? Danielle and Debbie moments, you know. But yes. I and so much of Debbie, I mean again, it really is similar to Tova Feldsha in um Kissing mm -hmm. Jessica Stein. Mm -hmm. But eventually things kind of, you know, uh rise to a, a feverish peak. We haven't even talked about Diana Agron from Glee yeah. fame who plays her sugar daddy's baby mama. And who I thought was great. I never really watched Glee, so I've never really seen Diana Akron before, but I thought she was really good in this. She was really good in this, and she was really great in Glee, too. I will well, say she, that. Yeah. Like, I, thought, yeah. I, I think that um, she has, like, uh, maybe, like, a little bit of, like, Hayden Panettiere energy, like, yep. a bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, they would probably be cast in a lot of things. But I I think she's really great in this. Um, 
And I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough role because like she has, she's like the person you're kind of rooting and not like not rooting for at the same time, but like you feel bad because like, you know, that her husband's cheating on her, um, right? And which she's, is hard to balance. Yeah. She had to hold that baby. She had to hold that baby. And ultimately that I, I love that scene. Like really like the climax of the movie is Ooh, she's yeah. starting to, I think, you know, she's, she's, she's no, you know, she's no dumb shiksa. Like she, you know, she's starting to pick up that there's a weird vibe between her husband and Danielle. And I thought this was, I, I, I felt like there was some real symbolism to kind of everything that happened here where, you know, she's already kind of caught them alone in the kitchen. She's, she's like, there's something up. Let's get the hell out of here. She's seen him weird being weird on his phone. And then she approaches Danielle and was like, hey, I could really use your help. Um, can you just hold the baby? I need to, you know, get something out of the bag. And, you know, Danielle's kind of resisting. She's like, no, I really, I, just, I need you to hold the baby. And I thought that was mm-hmm. so interesting of like, I need you to understand what you're doing. You know what I mean? Of like, uh, I, I need this to feel real to you. Like, I like if my suspicions are, and I feel like she doesn't even know what her suspicions are, but it's just like, whatever's going on between you and my husband, I just need to know, here's his baby. Here's his child. Can you just hold the child for a second? I, I thought that was yes. so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but you're a babysitter. And I loved like the, the intensity of it. And, um, and then like, you know, and, and just like that way of not telling and totally showing that she's suspicious, you know? Oh yeah. And it also serves like the, just like a perfect way to keep her trapped in that situation. Mm-hmm. So like she could pretend to get like, you know, a bottle out of her bag and also give her like, you know, reader to filth for the next 10 minutes. So like yeah. the uncertainty of what she would do if she did take the baby, which she does for like a second, right? She takes the baby and then like the guy comes over, right? Is that how it ends Yeah. Up? So then Max yeah. comes over and he's like, no, I can take it. She's like, no, no, no. She can hold the baby. Like Oof. it gets to the point where, uh, yeah, her character, what's her character's name? Diana Agron plays Kim. Kim, 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 uh, where Kim says to Max, like, no, she, like, she's, like, now she's, no, Kim is compl- complicating it so that Danielle has to hold the baby. And I yeah. I thought that was so interesting. And then, yeah, then the vase falls and breaks. And, uh, and there was something, like, symbolic of, like, Danielle trying to just, like, gather the broken glass with her bare hands, you know? Oh, yes, yes. Um, and, and I love that, you know, we've seen Debbie kind of you know nitpicking at her all day and just kind of at her all day and I just love that there was she comes over and you know Danielle breaks down and I just I appreciated that Debbie was like it's fine you don't have to know what you're doing it doesn't matter and the worst case scenario you come back and live with me and your father like (laughs) no big deal it's fine and I just it was such a relief that I I needed at that point and Danielle needed of like it's all right and I even even more for her to be like, and all these people, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about this. You know, it's a hard day. You know, I just, she, yes, I, like yes, Debbie, I, line. yeah, like she is, she's in consideration for a Western for best supporting mom, honestly. Oh, she's so great. Cause yeah, you, you, I'm glad that it was a switch. Like I, we needed her to be nurturing in that moment because if she came in and was like, what are you doing? What are you doing on the floor? What right. did you do? Oh, here we go. Here we go. go. Go get a broom. Like, and just dismissing it that it, it would not have had the same effects at yeah, all. Yeah, I really, and of course, the whole time watching this, I'm like, I love Polly Draper, but can you imagine if this was Jill Zarin? I mean, can you imagine? And, and maybe Jill <sighs> and, and Allie have been through this, you know? Yeah, 
like I'm sure I they've mean, had a tearful shiva. I mean, Bobby's. <laughs> gingers you know <laughs> ginger oh my gosh i did not mean to laugh at the memory of, of bobby's Aaron, but um but it was that was perfect um yeah i i don't know um i yeah it's hard not to think i mean jill's always on my mind these days so yeah. it's hey where's my diet comparing. coke yeah hey where's my diet coke? where's my diet coke give me back my diet coke <laughs> Uh, folks, if you're not following Jill Zarin on Instagram, I don't even know why you listen to this podcast. Yeah, her TikTok is great. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even gone into her TikTok yet. Jesus. Oh, um, it's great. Well, uh, I would love to track down the eight-minute short of Shiva Baby. I'd love to see that variation of this. But I feel like kind of going similar to what you were saying about this is where I leave you. And, and really my thoughts in general with this was that I think that adaptations, whether it be of a book or a shorter version of the movie or whatever, like, especially if you know the shorter version or you know the book, you can always kind of see where the edits or where the stretches are. You know what I mean? Like, you always see. Mm -hmm. I, and in a way, I'm glad I didn't see the eight-minute version to kind of see how they stretched it out to an hour and 17. But yeah. I didn't feel, at the same time, this didn't feel like they'd stretch the grape juice too much. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, it, I, I love this. I, this, I love a little movie. I love a little movie, you know? Yes. Yes. And I don't, yeah, that's, there's nothing else to call it, but a little movie. Yeah. Just a little taste. It's just yeah. a little movie. It, and I, I think it's, I think, I mean, just the challenge of kind of staying in one place with the story, you know, and really just mm -hmm. kind of, letting it be told in the nuances versus having a lot of cuts or a lot of different scenes or a lot of, you know, uh, action. I, I, I think it's harder, you know what I mean? To kind of have a movie ride on the tension of just interactions at a Shiva, you know? Yeah. I, another thing that I was thinking of, like kind of jumping to the, to the very end, the, the, the van ride mm. and, and how like, uh, you know, Danielle's dad is so insistent on Kim and Max coming into the van because he doesn't know. Right. He doesn't know what happened in there. It, remind, it, re it reminds me of like what I would picture the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race doing at the end of every taping. Like there was probably like so much drama uh -huh. happened. Right. And like they all had to squeeze into the same van and ride back to the hotel. You know what I mean? There's, right. There's no getting out of it. So yeah. it's just everyone squashed in there. But I did appreciate it. I just I loved how stressed out Deb was. And, you know, like th there's not enough room and the baby's crying. And it's it really is. Um, I don't know. It just was this really refreshing way of like, yeah, a lot of shit happened in the house, but we're all going to go home. And we're gonna we're gonna do it together because it's convenient. So just get in the van. It's fine, you know. Yeah, it's... and and I like that the movie ends before they even leave the curb. You know what I mean? Like I love that kind of abrupt yes. ending. I mean, you know, there's a a bit of a you know reconciliation between Maya and and Danielle with the hand holding yes. and yes, um, yes. But yeah, and then you know, I I I love that. I love when a movie's just like yeah, we're done. We're done telling the story. And you're not going to get any resolution as to what happens with Max and Kim or, you know, even what happens next with Max and Danielle. And I, I just love that. I just, you know, a movie that's just, you know, a, a random Saturday afternoon that probably won't change everything. You know what I mean? There's also that, too, of like Rachel getting married was like this. I don't think what happened that in that movie is going to change everything, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, I was... 
thinking of like where I was at like Danielle's age in college too. It's like, you know, you're in college, but you kind of don't know where your life's going, but you're still kind of excited about it, but you're not really like, you don't feel like an adult yet. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting way to look at your early twenties and yeah, maybe like that was a big deal to you then. But like when I think of stuff when I was like 22 or 23 that I thought was like such a big deal, like drama in college or whatever it happened to be, like it really wasn't. And to like look back on that and and like you said, like nothing really changed, but it it really felt like everything changed because you're just like figuring it out. You're you're becoming yourself. And that's sometimes a rocky road, especially like out of Shiva. But uh, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, if, if she's meant to be like, you know, I don't know, 21, 22, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's I was thinking about that recently that like, oh, my God, the things that I thought were so important and, and the, the deep thinking that I did on them. And mm-hmm. it just feels so good to to be older and not, you know, done, not like at a totally clear vantage point, but a clear vantage point to look at that and go, yeah, you know what? You actually, Debbie's right. You don't really need to know what you're doing right now. And yeah, the more 21, 22 year olds that get that message that like you don't have to know what you're doing. It's crazy to know that at 22. It's crazy to know what like to it, be expected to be to expected know. To even know. at 18 to know what to study in college. Like, yeah, it's, that should be it's the a lot of pressure, not the rule that like you know what you want to be and what you want to do. You know. Yeah, because you get out of, and I don't know, like everyone should be more forgiving of their 20s, I guess. It's kind of, I'm repeating what you're saying just in a different way. But I, I there's so much of me when I was in New York auditioning, going back to that, like I was like, I at least want to be in a national tour by the time that I'm 30. Mm-hmm. That's what I told myself. And I, I got to New York when I was about like 27 or 28, which is also that like weird time in New York where like you have to like either Either you're staying or you're going. There's no in between. And I went. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. It's those little goals you set for yourself. And I, I knew I didn't want to get married. I knew I didn't want to have kids by the time I was 30. But I feel like we're figuring it out more. And that's why, like, the median age for, like, getting married and having kids is going up. Because, I don't know, we're slowly kind of figuring that out, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I'm hoping for the median age to move up to like 50s or 60s. I think that's when I'll get married. I think at that point I might be ready to be somebody's <laughs> husband. I, oh, yeah. Anytime My sooner than that. My baggage will be unpacked by yeah, then. Yeah. Like, trust me, eligible gentleman of the world, you don't want me any sooner than that. <laughs> like, you know, don't take it out of the oven quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> Still pretty doughy in there, you know? <laughs> That's right. Pretty doughy. Yeah. Um, the toothpick's going to come out pretty wet. Let me just tell you what. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Um, That's good. Well, you know, before we put this one in the ground, uh, any final thoughts uh, about Shiva Baby? No, I want... I mean, yes is my short answer. Um, I just want to run through these... Like, we didn't mention a lot of the ladies, but they had some really good one-liners... Mm-hmm. Like there was a line, I think it was Sandra James as Maureen. She's like, I got to show you this suit. Of course it has to be tailored because he gained a lot of weights. Oh, like just lines like yeah. that. There was, and what have you, there what, was, do you, what are you up to besides starving yourself to death? Like just stuff like that. So Go much ahead, about, I was going to say there was one point where she's coming back in the house after kissing Maya and one of the women talking goes, oh, she's eating. <laughs> 
You don't even see her. She goes, oh, she's eating. And I just, I love that. I, yeah, you know, any, any little bit of like, oh, hold on. Come here. You got a little schmutz on your face. No, come here. Come here. Like that kind of. Yes. It's a, I feel like that playing those lines is like a delight. Like there's so much you can play with when you're being that character, you know? But it wasn't overload too, because I, that is such a stock like sort of archetype i guess of like jewish women or you know like and like i don't need to hear you say punim but there was a punim there was and a it punim. was fine yeah. and it worked and it worked i think um what was that other line oh uh, one of the ladies she's like um have you seen the new rabbi if robert de niro and gene kelly had a jewish baby oh. i just like and he, that guy did look like yes. that. i love that they cast like i could totally see that he was cute. I was like, he was a real cute. I was like, all right, yes, uh, Shabbat Shalom all over me. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> I know. There was one more line. Oh, like it's like when she might have came in after she kissed um, Maya as well. Maybe it was like a couple minutes later, and she's like, and and Deb's like, I don't know. She's just been acting so distracted. And the other one was like, distracted. She's like, distracted. I don't know what's going on with her. I, it's just those little whispers. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It is just like soundbite after soundbite. And they great. don't sound like lines. Like they just. It, I mean, they don't. It sounds they really like improv. Don't. And I, I, I think Polly Draper was. You know, I think that like Rachel Senat. Senate, Senate, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I apologize, Rachel. Rachel, the lead who plays Danielle's, you know, gotten a lot of recognition for this movie, and you know, she got a Gotham nomination. She and Reed Bernie for Mass. You know, everybody's getting a Gotham yeah. except for Anna Martha. But um, <laughs> I, and I think that Rachel is great in this. But like, I, I would love to see more recognition for Polly Draper. I think that she's, she's knocking this one out of the park. She's got those yeah. best supporting glasses. It's oh yeah, she's so charming, so specific. Yeah, I really so layered. There's yeah, a lot of layers. yeah. I, I, I a movie that I agree with you. We've seen the kind of Jewish mother before, but like, I never get tired of it. And if it's gonna be like never. this, I'll take seconds. You know, yes, a Jill Zarin type. Uh, that's, that's a that's Jill what Zarin we're looking type. for. Yes, yes. I want to put that in my casting breakdown when yeah. I run my play. Well, when you're on the other <laughs> side of the table, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll tell you, you got to go on the other side of the table, then you'll realize. Then you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, we get to do this little thing where I ask her if she's married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have this little moment at the shiva where I eat a bagel. Yeah, you you yes. might see me putting some locks on a bagel in shiva, baby. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh uh. boy, I think we're being played off <laughs> yeah that about gives that wraps it up but this was a fun little episode i know we we went on some tangents we we, we uh rediscovered bonnie hunts i mean that's um, so important it's really that's that's a key yeah a key factor yeah you know as they say at a you know when so, when somebody dies jewish people say like may their memory be a blessing and so may the memory of shiva baby be the blessing of bonnie hunt Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, where can folks find more of you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, send tweets. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, you can follow me or find me rather on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, you can, of course, find me on my other two podcasts, All Right, Mary, currently covering season four of Dragula and Drag Race UK season three and Canada's Drag Race season two. 
Ay, ay, ay. Uh, and you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. I've got a new episode coming up very soon. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get even more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, I am just gooped by all those peeped peelers, those peeled peepers, those peeped peelers, <laughs> all those peeped peelers out there because they are waiting with bated breath for tomorrow's best oh, supporting after show. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be gonna, a really I good one. Like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we get some good lists. So frankly, yes. you know, that, as they say, <laughs> is that.